Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by InsideTexas.com beat writer, managing editor, Joe Cook. Uh, Joe, uh, you've been on the road a little bit lately, uh, getting prepared to get married. Congratulations. Uh, but uh, I want to check in with you. We've been talking so much recruiting on this channel uh, because of what's going on right now. Uh, we wanted to try to get, get in time and talk a little bit about the team and some things that are going on uh, before uh, more recruiting takes place over the next several days. Uh, I appreciate you making the time today. Uh, let's start. Uh, we're going to have a couple different things. We're going to go over what Pro Football Focus, they just came out with their top 25 rankings, where Texas fits in that. I uh, also want to talk about Big 12 Media Days. They're coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, and then we, you and I have talked about you're creating a, a, a column of sorts or an editorial uh, piece over the next several days, looking at questions at each position for the Longhorns. Now, the Longhorns may be stacked or loaded or a little light at certain positions. You're going to go piece by piece and go over those. I want to talk, uh, you, you said you want to talk about those, maybe the shortcomings or where your concerns are in those positions. Let's start now with the PFF rankings. Uh, Texas in high cotton, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, they, they're the guys that look at all the film. What do, you, what do you think of this number five selection for the Longhorns, Joe? Yeah, so when you get to this point of the year, you know, it's rankings, it's watch lists, it's things like that. Um, and I, I do think that Pro Football Focus is as valuable as you let it be. Um, are guys going to watch all 130 Division One teams? Maybe not. But are they going to watch the top end and figure out who needs to be paid attention to? I have good faith in them being able to do that. Um, and so they went by <clears throat> their own rankings, their own system, their own gradings to put together uh, a 1 through 130. And, of course, we're just mostly interested in the top 25 because that's where we're thinking Texas is going to reside. And Texas was number five. Uh, they were among, you know, some of the college football elites. I mean, uh, Georgia, obviously number one. Um, Alabama was number two, even after an 11 and two year. Uh, Ohio State three, Michigan four, and then the Longhorns right in front of Clemson, Penn State, LSU, Tennessee, and USC. So um, Texas obviously thought of very highly by PFFs uh, graders, and you know, put that team together, put that roster together. Um, basically the only, the only big question was, okay, is Quinn Ewers going to be able to sling the ball around? Um, and I think that's kind of, you know, we'll, we'll talk about three questions. I'm not going to get to quarterback till later, but Hey, that's definitely got to be one of them for the quarterback position this year, but just kind of shows how, uh, the, the high, the expectations have become for Texas in their last year in the big 12. Uh, those other four teams have been in the college football playoffs more often than not, mm -hmm. um, the last couple of years. So, uh, when I say high cotton, we mean high cotton. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, this Texas team will go through the strengths and weaknesses in a little bit. Uh, but, the, you know, the other thing that I would say about pro football focus is they are uh, a little bit more realistic and meet. They're a little bit more of the where the rubber meets the road type of rankings. Uh, so uh, it's a combination of what you've done and what they see coming up because they do uh, such a good job of evaluating players and what you have returning on your roster, as opposed to just saying, oh, I, they have eight players returning and this one has seven. So the eight guys must be better. They they do a little bit more in depth than that. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed with them generally. Not They're not perfect. No one is. Uh, but uh, I do like that aspect. Uh, who was the next closest Big 12 team to Texas in that ranking, Joe? So the next closest Big 12 team 
Uh, one's a little bit of a surprise for me. It's it's Oklahoma at 13. Um, and, and one of the, the points that they made was five of the seven losses were decided by one possession for the Sooners. Um, they had some quarterback problems, uh, but that was not a one possession loss uh, that led to that uh, that led to, to that result. Um, and I, you know what, I, I wrote about this last year, Oklahoma hadn't gone through a, a first year or a year one, like most other teams typically go to since what, John Blake, right? Something like that. And then Bob Stoops and, you know, in year two, bam, they're winning the title. So they learned that year ones aren't easy. I've covered three um, they're not fun. They've been five and seven, six and six and seven and five. Like you're, you're playing with such fine margins at a different level, uh, to where I'm surprised that they are even that high in this preseason ranking. I don't think they're going to be as bad, but I don't think the, uh, um, it's, it's, we kind of saw it with Texas last year. There were some times where they were in one position games and they just got across the finish line. They got across the finish line more often than not, but that's something that, Maybe we're not going to be able to see from Oklahoma as much as they'd like to this year, especially when Texas is in position to maybe make a run and win the Big 12 title. Joe, you mentioned we talk about those two teams, Texas and and Oklahoma. Who else is in the top 25 of the Big 12? So only TCU and and Kansas State, uh, which makes sense. You know, two teams that were in the Big 12 championship last year, K-State won it. They return a lot. They return some key pieces, but they missed Deuce Vaughn, Malik Knowles. Um, that defense should be pretty interesting. They, of course, have one of the best offensive linemen uh, in the country. And then TCU, you know, you kind of want to doubt Sonny, Cum- or Sonny Dykes a little bit, but just because it's a year one thing, well, if that's the team they put together in year one, a lot of them with Gary Patterson players, and then they go and grab some portal guys, maybe it's not the exact same thing they, they run last year, but – um, especially when you change offensive coordinator as well, but uh, they're going to be formidable. They've got good skill position players. I mean, Chandler Morris will be, uh, you know, he may not be Max Duggan, uh, but he was first string last year. They expected a lot from him and um, be interesting to see, but that's a place that is in, in set itself as a portal destination for being the Metroplex, for having good NIL, for being a winning program, um, at least in year one. And um It'll be an interesting challenge for Texas whenever they go back to Amon G. Carter one last time. All right. Interesting thing here. So four teams in the top 25 out of the Big 12. Texas at five, and this is according to Pro Football Focus. Texas at five, OU at 13, and then TCU 16, uh, Kansas State 17. I'm, I'm interested. Uh, Paul Wallington and I had a discussion on Saturday where he kind of ranked who he thought of the bet of the newcomers to the league, where they might play out. I'm interested to see how that compares to what pro football focus put out. Uh, those newcomers are central Florida. He thought they would be the best team coming in. Then he thought BYU followed by Cincinnati. And then uh, with Houston bringing up the rear, how does pro football focus see that comparatively and in what range or numbers are they talking about overall? Yeah, they're pretty tightly bunched, um, and that foursome is, you know, you got the top 25 teams, and then Baylor's at 35, and then it's the new team. So uh, UCF at 43, U of H at 45, Cincinnati at 47, and BYU at 53. Um, I, I I just don't have much faith in Dana and the Cougars right now. When you lose that much production 
Uh, I, I don't see how you can still be considered this top 50 team because they lost pretty much all their production either to the draft or to the transfer portal. So I, I'm not really buying the Cougars. I am going to buy UCF just because I think that offense is a little unique. Um, depth is going to be an issue for all these teams because the jump from G5 to Power 5, it just up once you get to spot 60 to 85 on the roster, it's just entirely different. It's a different game almost um but ucf i feel like can um as paul has noted kind of scheme and and do some crazy things to where they'll be a competitor byu it's just a wild card you know are these good 23 24 25 year old family men or are they average football playing family men uh keaton slovis will be interesting they have one of the best offensive tackles in the country uh they kept i think their top wide receiver um, but it's just you, you look at that program and sometimes they just have great cycles. And then sometimes it's just the the level of talent in there is average and they don't find out it's average until about five years after they sign their letter of intent. Because so many uh, or, or I'd have to say a large amount of BYU players probably end up heading on a mission um, to make sure that, you know, they fulfill that part of their obligation. So. Uh, glad Texas is getting them at home. I think that's that's one thing because that's a good atmosphere out there. Um, they're loud. Uh, they're not maybe not rowdy uh, for various reasons, but um, that can be a good team at home. And I'm glad Texas is not getting them out there. That's true. They play in DKR this year. Hey, uh, let's go forward uh, to that second topic that we talked about. The, just uh, high level strength. Uh, the weaknesses of our concerns is better than maybe weakness. Uh, at each position for Texas. Start with quarterback. Uh, let's keep it kind of reasonably brief, 30 seconds to a minute on each position here, because I want you to go further in depth on, on in your article for Inside, Inside Texas. But at quarterback, Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, Arch Manning, the room is pretty good, right? Uh, what is the question mark or the concern you have, uh, logic concern, logical concern you have at quarterback right now for Texas? It's going to be similar to the one I had last year. Can they, can Quinn Ewers do the mundane? Uh, because as we've seen, you know, long throws aren't – they're not easy. Like they're, they're a higher level degree of difficulty for a reason. Um, but if you're missing on them at like a normal rate, okay, you can live with But if you're not hitting like the five-yard hitch, uh, if that's – maybe if you're not hitting that, you know, the, the, the crossing route in stride – if you're not hitting the you know hitch route to the sideline for the first down, then the whole thing just falls apart. Because last year that fell apart probably a little bit more often than Steve Sarkeesian wanted, but he could just give the ball to Bijan and give the ball to Roshan. Now they're, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian's always going to utilize a run game, uh, but he is probably not going to emphasize it as much as he did last year, and he's going to put more on the quarterback. So can Quinn Ewers do the mundane? Um, and that kind of applies to everybody else in that room. What happens if Malik Murphy has to play? Can he do the mundane? Can he, you know, maybe not get you out of bad play? It's a lot to ask for a second-year guy. Uh, but can he, you know, see the see the open stuff? And it looked like, I mean, we saw one example of him doing that in the spring game. Two, only one was caught. Uh, and, you know, seems like that's something in his, in his wheelhouse. Uh, so that's – and, you know, Arch Manning – who knows what to expect from him this year? Probably good play, uh, but like we saw, when you're behind third-string offensive linemen, 
you have to run a good amount. And <laughs> if you're playing this year and you're Arch Manning, it's probably because Texas is in a blowout win or a catastrophe happened. Or he's just as good as advertised and even better than Quinn Ewers. But that's not something we seem to think is going to be possible this year in the offense. So uh, quarterback's always the one. But I'm trying to think, Bobby, if you had a position you're most concerned about, maybe not most concerned behind quarterback, but like, one that's going to make make you wishy-washy on the level of success that Texas offense has, what would it be? Well, outside, quarterback is number one because execution, we, really you're talking about a high level of execution from Quinn. Um, and if they get that, I, I completely, if they don't get it, it's going to be bad. If they do get it, it's going to, it'll really make the season hum, in my opinion. Uh, and Texas will will likely maximize what it can be. Uh, outside of that, I'm a little concerned about injury problems, potentially, particularly at defensive end. Uh, they are not deep there, uh, period. Uh, not only first string where you break it in Ethan Burke and or Justice Finkley as a starter, uh, Baron Sorrell doesn't have a big time backup at this point, right? Injury at that position concerns me, um, one of those guys gets banged up in preseason practice. I, I don't I don't know exactly what Texas is going to have to do. They may have to cross-train some guys. Uh, so of all of the positions, I think defensive end concerns me the most. And it's not necessarily uh, because, oh, well, we need to get to the passer more, et cetera. The concern is I already think that they're not going to get to the passer from that position great this year anyways. They may be average to above average. The concern is injury there, taking out one of their top two guys, and all of a sudden you're going down a rung at a position that you may not already be, uh, ex uh, you know, excellent at in the first place. Um, let's go. Let's go to the other positions too, Joe. Just real quick, running back durability of, of Jonathan Brooks? The question mark. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, because your next options are either Keelan Robinson, who's probably not every down guy, um, Jaden Blue, who may not be an every down guy, or C.J. Baxter, who's still a true freshman who needs to learn how to run behind zone schemes compared to what we saw in high school. So, uh, yeah, I think you have to be wondering how what can Jonathan Brooks handle. Part of me isn't super concerned because we saw him handle a ton at, at Hallettsville. And, you know, that was, you know, when you're when you're that level of player at that level, you're on the field all the time. Um, I think he'll be able to do it. I, and I think that they were very cautious with him uh, as far as his injury goes, 
probably because they've experienced it with Jordan Whittington too. They know that if they can get those guys right, they'll be great. But yeah, durability, just because there's so much more. And granted, it makes sense again, because you had Bijan and Roshan taking all those snaps. But there's outside of Jonathan Brooks, there's just so much unknown in that running back room, even with the level of talent put in there by Tashard Choice and uh, Stan Drayton to some extent. Yeah, I'll tell you what's interesting there is durability. I, the one thing I mentioned that that we failed to mention there um, is big playability. Jonathan Brooks actually has some big playability. We saw the touchdown uh, against Kansas, 70-yarder. Uh, then we also saw uh, the touchdown on the swing pass or the the, the throwback pass uh, against Washington. He has some big playability. It's more durability. Can he do it each and every down? Uh, wide receivers. The only thing I can think of there is perhaps being consistent with their hands. Okay. I think that's fair. Of all the positions, that's the most loaded. Uh, but it's also the one that, you know, it's it's a simple thing. But making sure Xavier Worthy, who played with a broken hand last year, people didn't know that at the time, uh, is a better ball catcher. A.D. Mitchell keeps his, his head on right and uh, snags a ball. Uh, Jordan Whittington. Uh, does well as well at, at tight end, Joe. I would say depth is a problem for sure. Um, I mean, that, I, you have this one guy, JT Sanders, that's the dude, right? Gunnar Helm is, is an adult in the room, he's now a third year guy. You, you see how he's added good weight, gotten his strength up, but depth is, is a question mark, especially since. Uh, Juan Davis isn't necessarily the size guy to be an inline guy. And then you have the two true freshmen, one of which still getting over an, a, 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 an ACL tear. What are, what are some questions I'm trying to think about? Let, let's think about linebacker where they have uh, Jalen Ford, all American, third team, all American and some talent uh, with young guys, like the entire 2023 class, namely Anthony Hill. That seems like it's a, that just seems like it's a position that the question is almost how high is the floor, in my opinion. Uh, just because you have quality there with Ford, you think you got some good stuff from David Benda or, or Jet Bush, and I know that idea probably scares some people, but I'm I, I think that they'll be able to play just fine. And then you get whatever Anthony Hill or Maurice Blackwell are able to contribute. Like of all the defensive positions, that's one I don't have very many concerns at all about again injury injury yeah. pending health pending well here, here's the reality uh jalen ford is backed up by jet bush both of them seniors both of them with a lot of experience i feel like they're going to be good at that position if not great with jalen ford especially in coverage uh bush is good in coverage too by the way not as good as ford uh or as instinctive but pretty darn good uh, the question is opposite him where benda and mo blackwell are going at it I would say that, and this is something to keep tabs on for everybody on this uh, uh, podcast. You know, I was talking to someone, uh, you know, in the program today, um, actually, and Anthony Hill and Leonga LaFau uh, were two of the guys out of the whole team that were pointed out to me as like, hey, they're pros. Now, they did, he didn't mean that, oh, they're future NFL players. He meant that from a, these thing, these guys are doing everything possible right at a very, very young age. Uh, also mentioned a couple other guys, but those two, 
so what does that mean? Uh, to your point, Joe, I think it's it's part and parcel of I'm not as concerned about the depth there as maybe I thought I would be uh, six months ago at this time, right? Uh, when when we're just getting out of recruiting period, even though they did sign Anthony Hill and LaFau in that period. It, it's one thing to sign those guys, and it's another thing for those guys to be taking everything seriously and uh, expediting their, their uh, process to, to improve. Um, the secondary uh, and then the defensive line we need to hit. Uh, the, the defensive line, uh, I've just heard nothing but really good things about the first four uh, right now, which are uh, Alfred Collins, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Trill Carter. Then you have guys like Sadir Mitchell, Vernon Broughton, uh, potentially Aaron Bryant as well. Uh, I don't think there's a issue at this point there. The secondary is different where we haven't heard if Jalen Catalan, uh, who is expected to be one of the starting safeties, is truly ready to go. And if that's the case, is Keaton Crawford ready to step up? Uh, the, the other cornerback spot opposite Ryan Watts looks like it's a dogfight between two very talented guys. And then you have Jaron Thompson coming back as well. Anything on, on either of those positions that you want to talk about and single out? Yeah, I, I guess what, what's the best use for Jade Barron? Um, oh. I think he's a great star, but he's also proven to be a really good corner as well. Um, and you probably have faith in a, a player like him with high IQ to where maybe he's a solution for Jalen Catalan. Or maybe it's something you actually – you have to think about, maybe you think about it right now, not during training camp when you're getting ready for uh, Rice and Bama, but it's it's something to consider because of how well he's played at those different positions. You probably feel decent about Austin Jordan um, playing star as well. So my, of course, I, you want to make sure that Jalen Catalan's shoulder is fine, and it sounds like Texas has done more than they thought they may have had to in order to, to get that process going. Uh, but I, I think that Jade Barron could be one of the best defenders in the Big 12 and that that's someone that if you can move him to a different position that actually keeps, you know, if you moving him here to safety keeps a better star than him playing at star and the guy at safety behind, then I think you have to think about that. And I think he's able to do it too. Yeah, the good stuff there, Joe. I agree with that. I, I hadn't quite thought about moving Barron since you're talking about a potential all-conference performer there. But, you know, you never know because Jalen Gilbo also is expected to be back, and he actually started ahead of Barron in a couple games last year before Barron really uh, seemed to uh, – the, the light switch came on for him at that position. Um, that's a good discussion about those. I, I'm interested to read your articles on Inside Texas later. Uh, last thing I want to mention in this, just real brief, Big 12 Media Days coming up the 12th and 13th in Dallas – uh, your thoughts on that? Anything you're looking forward to big in that regard? You know, that's one of the places where there's two goals for a lot of people. One is you got the national media trying to set storylines. Um, and then you have more localized media like inside Texas trying to figure out the latest info from the coaches, not just for the schools they cover, uh, but also for some of the other schools within the league. Um, Ian Boyd does a great job of figuring out things about Big 12 schools. I remember a couple of years ago, it was a uh, he asked, I, I forget which OU linebacker, but an OU linebacker about, you know, defending a certain play. And Ian kind of he wrote, wrote it a certain way, but he kind of comes back and looks at me and Justin Wells and said, 
It was a complete wrong answer. So you can figure out things like that. Um, it won't be as a, a big storyline, of course, will be the new four teams. Um, David Yormark or Brett Yormark is going to get up and talk about TCU making the national championship game, uh, about you know uh, TCU also uh, making a, a run in the college baseball tournament, about then you know all the different teams that did well in in the NCAA men's and women's tournaments. Um, there's just not a massive realignment storyline that we know of yet uh, that there's going to be able to talk about. And maybe, you know, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, and Arizona State all decide between now and July 12th to leave for the Big 12, and that's what takes over. Uh, but I, I think it'll be pretty mellow as far as Big 12 media days goes. The, the uh, real story, Joe, the real story is going to be it's the swan song in, of Texas and Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Brett Yormark doesn't want to talk about that or right. neither do the other schools that are uh, getting left behind. But that's the true, uh, you know, element of it. All right. Uh, for Joe Cook, that's going to do it for this today's uh, On Texas Football. For Joe Cook, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks for watching. Hook them.